you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's get it rolling on another Monday. Welcome to Move the Sticks. I'm Rhett Lewis here with our former NFL scouts, our lead draft analyst, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. And I don't know about you guys, but week nine worked out exactly how I drew it up. Oh, I had all these games. Yeah, don't just don't check the picks, but trust What's me, I deal? got them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go check the receipts, but uh, we are going to get into the drama and the chaos that uh, was your week nine Sunday. And let's kick it off with our big three, like we usually do here on a Move the Sticks Monday. We'll start... Right next door, it's SoFi. How about a little bit of a stunner here? Not necessarily in the result, but in the way in which it happened. Off the jump for the Rams. Interceptions on back-to-back throws from Matthew Stafford, resulting in 14 early points for the Titans. You got a consistently dominant presence up front for the Tennessee Titans, pressuring Matthew Stafford. And how about an Adrian Peterson touchdown, everybody, in what was a 28-16 Titans win. Titans now the top seed in the AFC. And Bucky, I mean, they basically dominated physically in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Vrabel had his guys opting for physicality over finesse. They beat the L.A. Rams up from beginning to end, and they wanted to make it a heavyweight fight, and they did that body blow after body blow. They did a great job of getting after Matthew Stafford, and when you're able to get after the quarterback, it really sets the tone for the rest of your defense. This defense is one that you look at them and you wonder who are the star players, but, man, they get after it as a group, and the way that they come and they finish tackles, it changes the way other opponents play. I want to give John Robinson some love uh, because as a general manager, you're tasked not with just looking at tomorrow but looking out into the future. Yep. And the draft in 2019, the selection of Jeffrey Simmons, who was coming off of an ACL, if you remember, at that point in time, you're going to miss the first six games. But he saw through that. This is my scouting report on Jeffrey Simmons when he was coming out. Just how explosive he is. He's got big-time upper torque. The comp that I made down there was Fletcher Cox. So he's coming off of an ACL. He's going to miss six games. But it was just a clean ACL. He's going to be fine. And, man, the payoff has come in a big way for the Titans. They could not block him. The Rams had no solution for him in this ball Interior game. He dominated. Absolutely the dominated the football game. I mean, it would have been a top-10 pick if not for the ACL, right? Absolutely. Had that kind of so teams passed on him because of, you know, six Ooh. games. Yeah. You didn't get six games his rookie year. Well, I think it's John Robinson, tip of the cap. Nicely done. Yeah, and is, I guess, trying to do that again with Caleb Farley, who got to be patient on that one. Yeah, yeah, let's see what happens there. Uh, but I really think that we should give the Titans some credit. Uh, their current crew of defensive backs is, I mean, Kevin Byard right now is playing mm-hmm. at the best safety in football. Tease ahead to our uh, awards, our midseason awards here in just a little bit. You're going to hear Kevin Byard's name uh, again. But I want to go back to some of the other DBs that they drafted recently. Amani Hooker made a yeah. huge stop in this game, a real fez- a physical presence there. Elijah Molden is a rookie in the third round. has done a really, really good work here for this team as well. Hey, Buck, I know that we're not the college football playoff, right? But if you look at resumes, nobody has a better resume than what Tennessee Titans have right now. No, absolutely. You're talking about a team that is beat up. The Buffalo Bills. A bunch of playoff teams. Come one, come all. 
And they've done it all in similar fashion. They beat them up. They take them to the deep end, and most people can't survive. And so I think this is a recipe for a team that can do this in the playoffs. This is going to be a hard matchup for a bunch of teams. No question. And it does feel like, though, that the Rams are going to figure this out. Now, this is more – this is this is not necessarily an indictment on the Rams, but more of a coordination of the Titans. Two Ps, right? Penalties. Got to clean penalties. up the penalties. And then really pass bad. protection. Those are the two areas. Yeah. We'll see if the Rams can get that cleaned up. Let's move on to game number two here in our big three. And we head to M&T Bank Stadium. Vikings and Ravens. How about the first downs here in this game? 36 for the Ravens to just 13 for the Vikings. Twice as many amplified in the second half. Ravens made their comeback. Two drives, a total 28 plays, ate up 16 minutes, and resulted in two touchdowns. Vikings did force OT, but Ravens get a Tucker field goal to win it. And they're now 2-1 and one in overtime games, 34-31 to 31 the final. And, Bucky, look, for the Ravens, it comes down to Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker. I mean, it does. It really comes down to those guys. Those guys can dominate in their own right. And Lamar Jackson, you basically have what no one wants to say, but I'll say this. You have QB1 and RB1 for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> he is a guy that can get you 200, maybe 300 passing yards while also giving you 100 yards on the ground. That is really impossible to stop when he's going the way that he's been going the last few weeks. And then Justin Tucker is just automatic. Anytime they're able to get the ball over and on the other side of the field, the 40-yard line, it's an automatic three points. For a play caller like Greg Roman, that has to be empowering to know once I hit a certain line on the field, we guarantee three points. They can stick with the run. And in overtime, we saw once they got to the 50, it was run, 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 run. Justin Tucker, kick it. Big, Let's go get it. Big stop by the Ravens' defense after that interception from Anthony yes. Barr in overtime. Uh, Vikings went three and out in OT. The rest was history with Tucker making the field goal to win it. Um, and, you know, kind of looking at this, if, if Lamar is QB1 and RB1. There's a job opening. There is, at wide receiver number one, and it feels like Marquise Brown is really filling out that role. Yeah, he was awesome in this game. Nine for 116, and really he does it with – the speed that you have to respect. And when you have to respect the speed, then you can hit the quick screens like you see right here. Watch what he does after the catch. He had about three or four of the, those in this game. And then you press him vertically, he can run comebacks and curls. He reminded me so much of Deshaun Jackson when he was coming out of Cal. So, mm. Thought those things when Marquise Brown was coming out of Oklahoma. And now you're seeing that player emerge. He's on pace for a big-time season there. You see it. Uh, the numbers he's on pace for, outstanding. He's he's number he's the number one wide receiver. Put that to bed. Yeah, no question. And, and, but here's the thing that, that kind of baffles me for the Vikings is they have a pair of number one wide receivers mm-hmm. in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. They got one of the best running backs, if not the best in all of football, in Dalvin Cook. And Kirk Cousins has been playing really well. But at times this season, they have gone quiet on offense. They jumped out to a 14-3 lead in this game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, now this was skewed a little bit by yeah, the, the fact, kick return. Kick return for a touchdown to open the second half. The defense has to get off bit. the field. Yeah. Well, but nice here's the well. thing. Negative plays on their first two drives of the second half is what killed this team because they went dormant in the yeah. second half on offense. Their first drive of the second half had three penalties for 25 yards. Second drive, they opened the possession with an eight-yard loss on first down. It's hard to overcome those things on offense. And then, you know, yeah, you're, you'd like to see your defense not give up an 18-play drive here at some point. And that's essentially if you're, if you're into that. If you're into that sort of thing. Okay. Let's get into the Packers and Chiefs as game number three here for us. No Aaron Rodgers and, well, not a lot of love for Jordan in his stead against the Chiefs. Pressured the second-year quarterback in his first start early and often. Chiefs did just enough on the offensive side to get the 13-7 victory on a day where they put up just 237 total yards. What? For context, Patrick Mahomes himself has thrown for 237 in the first half 
seven times in his career. And they just put up 237 total, but still get the win. So that's great. We'll get to Patrick Mahomes in a second. But let's start here, DJ, with what we saw from Jordan Love, who was blitzed a bunch in this game. Yeah, they heated him up. And, and when you watch this game, to me, I, I don't lay this all at the feet of Jordan Love. First start on the road, Kansas City. It wasn't just the fact they were sending blitzers. There were physical beats with the offensive line, getting beaten matchups. There were mental busts on the offensive line, turning guys loose. And then when you look down the field, I didn't think they really did a ton to help him down the field. They might have tried five or six screens in this game. They couldn't connect on any of them. That, the timing was all wonky. Now, Buck, he still falls off some throws. There's still some mechanical things you're going to work through. I mean, it's his first start. I, I know some people want to make him dead and buried, and he's not going to be a good enough player let's just back off that a little bit I didn't think they supported him very well in this game yeah what's weird was they've had a year and some change to get ready for Jordan Love to make a debut and the plan that we saw featured none of the stuff that we thought that we would see movement passes bootlegs yeah we saw some screens but not enough slow screens and those things to slow down the opponent but I am not discouraged by Jordan Love but he certainly has some work to do I think I'm more disappointed in Matt LaFleur and the lack of confidence that he had in the young quarterback leading up to this point. He never gave him a full endorsement. And because of that, I think Jordan Love was shaky just because he knows the guy on the other side that's on the sideline doesn't necessarily fully believe that he can get them to the winner's circle. LaFleur owned up to that a little bit as well in terms of maybe not putting him in the best possible spot to succeed all night long uh, at Arrowhead against the Chiefs here. I, I keep coming back to this thing like – Chiefs offense, like, it's just, it's so uh, hard to pinpoint, right? It's just, it does not feel the same. It's not the same. Hold, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Just go back the previous five shows. Just recue And just recue it, rack it, and then recue it, because we have this conversation every, every single week. week on here. Here's what I want to focus on this week. <laughs> the deep ball. The deep yeah. ball non-existent for the Chiefs. 0 for 5 was Patrick Mahomes on deep throws in this game. And it's one thing when, it's one thing to pass up completions when you are, executing these deep throws to Tyreek Hill, and he's splitting double coverage. I mean, Mahomes had Travis Kelsey just sitting there wide open, 20 yards downfield, and threw it to Tyreek, who had two guys on him. And and then there were some plays where you'd like, you know, you, you expect him to find Hill, and they just they, he overthrew him a couple of times. They, they misfired on a back shoulder. Seemed like they weren't on the same page. He, right now he's turning down some of those easier He's predetermining. He just, he just yes. predetermining where he's going to go. You can see it when you watch it. He takes a snap. He knows where he wants to go with now the football no matter what, what coverage dictates. So that's, yeah. that's a problem. you got to react to what you see. I don't think Patrick's doing that right now. Here's the thing that maybe is a sign of things to come or something that you can hope to build on if you're the Chiefs. That third and ten at the end of the game, yeah. that was Patrick Mahomes' football. Absolutely manipulating the pocket, getting out, Beating the rush and then finding an open wide out on a scramble that basically iced the game. Like, that's what we're used to seeing. It just hasn't happened that often <laughs> this year for the Chiefs. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time for our Elite Eight. And different spin on it this week. We are going to essentially give you our top eight power rankings, but we're going to mm. do it in draft order. 
So we're all picking, and Bucky, I guess apparently based on last year's performance, you have drawn the first overall selection here. So for the top team in football right now, you get the pick. What do you got? This is easy. The Arizona Cardinals are number one. They have the best record. Cliff Go Kingsbury should be the front runner for Coach of the Year based on the job that this team has been doing. They are getting after. They're able to do it a variety of different ways. Explosive offense, dynamic defense. Uh, the quarterback is playing at an MVP level. So for me, it's all about the Arizona Cardinals. All right, pick number two, Deej. All right, I'm jumping in here. I'm going to go with the defending champs. I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Uh, I just look, Tom Brady, the way he's playing, to yeah. me, is there's no deterioration whatsoever in his ability. And then you look at the defense and the way they can get after the quarterback, all the playmakers they have on offense. You see the 6-2 and two record right there. I thought there was a chance they might try and ease and coast through this season. They have not done that. <laughs> I just know they are built once you get to the postseason. This team's built for it. I'll stick with the Tampa, Buc- Tampa mm. Bay Bucks. That run game has been pretty good this year. Fournette's with Fournette. been great. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun to watch. So there's a lot to like about Tampa, no question. But you guys are leaving me the hottest team in football here with the third pick. Give me the Tennessee Titans right now riding the five-game win streak after last night's win over the Tennessee Titans, on, or rather over the Rams on Sunday night football. So the Titans are the best big game team in football. They have won the biggest games against the toughest teams in consecutive weeks. Buffalo, Kansas City. Tough division matchup against the Colts, and then last night against the Rams. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are a force to be reckoned with, and they did it last night without their best player, Derrick Henry. I am all in on the coach who should actually be the coach of the year, Bucky, and that is Mike Vrabel. Well, Mike Vrabel should certainly be in contention for it, but Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> knocked them off, so he can't, he can't oh, get that's it right. over that's that. back in week one. So we can go. That doesn't <laughs> knock them off. That all right. counts. Who's number four? Okay, so I know they had a hiccup. Yesterday, but I'm gonna go with Buffalo. You're going Buffalo. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. America's team deserves to be in the top five. When you look at the way this team performs and the potential, I know throughout all the other stuff that happened against the Broncos, this offense is number one. They can get it done running or through the air. They have two number one receivers. Dak Prescott was playing at a very high level. The offensive line is rounding back in the form, and defensively, they get enough stops to win games. Ignore what your eyes told you in week nine. Let's focus on the other weeks. The Cowboys should be a top five team. Hold wait, so wait, take out all the bad stuff. Hold on one second. Oh, Javante Williams just broke another tackle. <laughs> I, I think he just broke another tackle. Uh, all right, so number five, the pick is yours. You guys are sitting down, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. this is probably a good thing because uh, this one is I'm going off of my evaluation of the talent on the roster. Oh, man. Put the record to the side. Oh, What's a lot of prefacing. Here? There's going to people who are not going to like this. A lot this. of excuses. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my goodness. You right just now, took Leatherwood in the first step. round. Oh. You just no, took no, Tavon no, no, Wilson no, no, in the no, second no. round. You just messed up I will the stack up this roster player for player against anybody in the NFL right now. Now, Baker Mayfield is not up there with those elite-level quarterbacks. I don't necessarily think he has to be when they're healthy. This group has not been healthy. Jack Conklin's still out. JOK, the outstanding rookie out of Notre Dame, was a phenomenal player. He hasn't been out there. You saw with Denzel Ward what he can do with Newsom on the corners. They're going to have the defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett. So we get into the postseason. We've got the best offensive line. We've got two big-time backs. We've got a closer in Miles Garrett to finish games. So I'll get all out of heat for this, for having them this high. But I'm telling you right now, nobody's going to want to see the Cleveland Browns once you get in the postseason. I'm telling you, nobody's going to want any part of that. I mean, five and four. Five and four That's what I said. Top. They've had injuries. I five saw it. Five and four it. in the top five. I, I Bucky, know. Bucky, I mean, like, we're not calling Baker Mayfield a top five quarterback right now, are we, for a team that is in the top five? Oh, we're absolutely not. No, I, 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 already, I already mentioned that. He's not. They don't have – they don't – they're they not don't a quarterback-driven team. They don't need team. it. There's a team. Okay. They're a team. That's why they so, don't have any logos on the helmets. They're just a team that just run out. 
That's run it. Out. So let's revisit that. Mark that. We'll revisit in like three or four weeks. I'm going to look really stupid or really smart. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed for me on the different end. Uh, okay, I will pick the sixth best team in football right now, and I'm going with the L.A. Rams. I, I think that, la- like I was mentioning when we were talking about this game at the top of the show, this was more of a coronation of the Titans, who, by the way, I put at number three, just so you guys are remembering here. And then th- then it is an indictment on the Rams. I think the Rams figured this thing out. Um, and well, Not with that guy. With that guy. <laughs> uh, interesting developments on uh, his future in the now. NFL now with the uh, Vegas Raiders. But Matthew Stafford was off last night. He was off, and they struggled handling interior pressure. I mean, like, rarely – does someone upstage Aaron Donald in the interior pressure department? Jeffrey Simmons did that last mm-hmm. night for the Tennessee Titans. I think in that kind of matchup again, Sean McVay and the Rams figure out a better plan to attack a defense like that, and I think the Rams will get back on track. Well, I mean, I like the Rams. I like the Rams a lot. I like the way they're able to kind of move the football. Matthew Stafford is playing really good football as a quarterback. But I'm going to go next at number seven. I'm going to Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, because we've talked about earlier, Lamar Jackson, Justin Tucker, those guys are two of the best at their respective positions based on how they do what they do. And then I'm talking about a defense that can really mess up the game for the opponent. They muddied up with the pressures, the blitzing, the constant changing in disguise. And even though the personnel is not up to Ravens standards, they still find a way to get it done. And so a team that is more explosive and dynamic on offense to help that defense, yeah, sign me up, the Baltimore Ravens at seven. All right, so I got the last pick here. I, last I, pick. I thought about going with a little bit of the homer pick. I call the Charger games. They were very much in the mix for me here. But they have a negative point differential, and I, I just don't need all that smoke right now. So they're, they're, they're coming off a big win. But I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. You guys left me with, with Aaron Rodgers when he's healthy and out on the football field. That's a different football team than the one we just saw against the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, that's a one-loss team with, with 12 at quarterback. They've got some pass rush. They can heat you up a little bit. So uh, those are the components I look for when you're looking at what you can do in the postseason. Um, so I'll take the Packers. I mean, it's probably the best value pick in this entire draft right here. It really is. And while we aren't putting the entire loss on Jordan Love to the Chiefs this week, if Aaron Rodgers is in there. They would have taken advantage of some opportunities that presented themselves with that game plan. Okay, so a noticeable uh, absence from the top eight teams in football right now. We started with the Cardinals. We get the defending champs in there. You get the hottest team in football and the Titans. I think four through eight is in flux. In, in I think you way. can add a couple more teams, you, you too, certainly that would could, put, and you can shake them up. Which is why I noticed that we are missing the Buffalo Bills here. Oh, at times I've been considered the best team in football, but Bucky, best team in the AFC. Bucky, you've got a theory on that. What do you got? They, Go lost, they lost to the Jags. They did. They lost to the Jaguars. They were heavy favorite. They were 14-point favorites, and they lost to the Jaguars. And had, you had me at hello. You had me at lost to Jags. That was it. Bye. So is that a fatal flaw? Is there a fatal flaw in there for this team? Or is this a team that's going to figure it out? I don't know. They subbed a toe a few times. And I think with this team. Yeah, I think think with this team, this is a team that plays really well as a group. I don't know if their talent is overwhelming. So they always got to bring their A game. What we saw against the Jaguars, when they're off the mark, man, they can go down like anybody else. And so this, to me, is a little scary. A little scary. And Josh Allen admitted it. This was not his best game. Sean McDermott said, yeah, I mean, like, looking at uh, 17, the turnovers that he had jumped off the page for yeah. me in this game. He doesn't turn the ball over like that. They at least win a close one, it feels like, against the Jaguars. I still think they're too good 
to not be one of the top teams in football you, you, right now. You know what this exercise has shown us? Just just shake it up. I mean, yeah. we, we don't know. This is a week-to-week league right now. There is so much parity. The Arizona Cardinals, I, I'm with you, Buck. I think they've kind of separated themselves at this point in time. Outside of that, the next 10, 11 teams, I don't know there's yeah. much difference between them. Well, how about the Chiefs, who if the playoffs started they're today still hanging would not in there. be there. But they're yeah. still hanging yes, around the in next that division. In. Then the next team, and then the Bengals, who two weeks ago were the top seed in the AFC. <laughs> They're 10th right yeah. now in the Parody, conference. Man. That's how ridiculous it is. I mean, you got like 10 teams that are sitting there with five wins in the AFC. Good thing there's still another nine weeks left to go in this NFL season. What right, about the go. Raiders, too? I mean, the Raiders are sitting there. Well, you just drop one of the Giants. Yeah, but they're still 5-3. and three, like so, I mean, the, Yeah. But they don't even come up in the discussion. They do. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Report cards here on Move the Six. Just two rookies in the saddle so far here in week nine. We'll get Justin Fields tonight for the Bears. But, uh, Bucky, you gave Trevor Lawrence a B-minus against the Bills. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence wasn't asked to do much um, in this game because defense did all the heavy lifting. But Trevor Lawrence did a great job of really showing his management skills and his toughness. He comes off the field uh, in the game, has a little ankle injury, goes into the back, comes back has to do wind sprints in front of Urban Meyer to get back onto the game. And then what he does is he just manages the game to make sure that the Jaguars were able to get to the winner's circle. So because of his efforts, I give him a B-. minus. Yeah, I gave Mac Jones a B. Uh, Patriots get the win on the road against the Panthers here. The interception was a really tough one uh, in the first half. It was a timing route. It was a rub route. And, and essentially his attended receiver got rubbed off by the DB. So that was a tough one there because he threw it on time. And then, look, he only threw five passes in the second half, only completed one of them. That was a little bit off. But he continues to do his job. He I, continues to find I the want, open guy. I want to say classes like, like your classes. Yeah. Like, the I fumble never happened, by the, the way. Right, didn't happened. see that well, part. The, yeah, because the left tackle <laughs> never got over to get, the, get Brian Burns. So you get one of the best edge rushers a free lane, and he's going to take it every time. Okay, with that then, let's get to our midseason report cards. Putting it all together here uh, for the, uh, the grades at the halfway point. Let's start, Bucky, with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has been everything that the Jaguars have wanted in a franchise quarterback. He has been very, very solid in terms of his leadership ability. His performance has been fairly solid. And so because of that, I'm going to give him a nice B. A nice B. He's teacher pet. He's everything. He's the representation. <laughs> he represents the franchise. He's, like, waving at the fans, talking to the fans. He's doing everything. Trevor Lawrence, teacher's pet. He certainly gets a sticker on his notebook. Uh, okay, so let's get then to Zach Wilson, DJ, who's a little bit of an incomplete, I guess, right? Yeah, look, to me, I gave him a C- uh, for his efforts here. It's been a little bit up and down, and if we're going to give those awards like they do in the yearbook, by the way, this wouldn't come from a teacher because this would be probably inappropriate, but I label him <laughs> as the biggest flirt because he's flirted with some big-time performance. You saw it in, in the win that they had against the Tennessee Titans, um, but it's been inconsistent. The way I would say it is he's, he's done well in some cow classes, but yet he, he's not doing great in art. So you got to take the easy ones. you got to be a little bit better at the boring stuff, as I like to say. Okay, I'm with you on that, and that's where Mac Jones has excelled yeah. uh, in his time with the New England Patriots and through these first nine weeks. What do you think my grade is? 
Oh, he's an A. Give all him the long. A, baby. He has by far been the best, most productive, most efficient quarterback so far out of every single one that was drafted, certainly out of the five that were drafted in the first round. And I am telling you right now, he is the most likely to succeed as it sits, as the teams are constructed, and with their potential moving forward, Mac Jones will win a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Whoa! Or any Whoa. of the other quarterbacks do hot with their take. current team. Whoa, you're hot taking. Whoa, that's just, hot take. That's, Somebody that's turn the AC right on in here. Whoa. Yeah, so I'll heat it up a little bit. I got no problem Ooh, with that. Wow. Guy wow. finds the open guy better than anybody. Processes better than anybody. And he does what the Patriots ask him to do. And, I, and I'm fine with that. But you, I'm not you saying he's going to win it this year. No, I'm just saying he's going to win it before like, the other four like guys. Based on that clip, when it goes viral, it's going to say Red Lewis predicts Patriots Bring go to the Super Bowl behind Mac Jones. Put it right year. here under my face, okay? Wow. Mac Jones wow. right now will win a Super Bowl before the other four rookie quarterbacks. Now we got these. I don't even think it's that hot of a take. Contingencies. I, I feel like it's I one of those. Really I, I think when you use those two yeah. words together, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. is that too much for you? It may be a little early. A little, a little early. Smidge. Again, I'm not saying he's going to win it right now. I'm just saying he's going to win uh, one before the other guys. That's all. Let's see. All right, do I get another one here? Please. All right, Justin Fields, let's look at his report card uh, from somebody that you saw get better, which is why I'm going to give him a most improved award here. And the grade, it's a C because there's some ugly football early in the season. You think back to that Browns game where he got sacked 94 times. Um, but just getting the ball out a little bit quicker. You saw him use his legs more. And the last time we saw him out in the field with a 100-yard rushing game, I want to see more of that going forward. Uh, but, look, I don't know who all is going to be a part of his future there in Chicago, but I am, I am gaining more confidence that this is going to work out for Justin Fields and the Bears. I like that. See, I mean, that's fair. I think there's definitely been some improvement, uh, certainly from the way he, uh, they had him play in that first game that he started. Okay, Bucky. Uh, we got to come back to you on another one that we've had a very limited sample size on, and that's Trey Lance and the Niners. Yeah, Trey Lance. This one hurts me. It hurts my heart. So I'm going to give him a bit of a, a heartbreaker sticker because oh. I'm hurt because I thought when the Niners moved up to take him at number three, I thought he was going to give them a different dynamic, different dimension to their offense. I'm going to give him a C because the times that we've seen him on the field, he's been okay. He hasn't been spectacular. He's flashed a little bit, but not consistently enough. And so – He's a heartbreaker. He's a heartbreaker because he's left us wanting more. I want more from Trey Lance, and I haven't gotten that. I, I, I just don't know how too. I feel about the, the Valentine sticker on the report card. You know, I feel like we're really bringing a lot of, a lot of different worlds in together here. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be but a little weird. But that's when you would do all the Valentine's Day stuff. <laughs> those little hearts. Those, those little, hearts, yeah, yeah, the, the, little the little chalky hearts. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like that fits the Justin Fields category, too, the heartbreaker. Because, like, Chicago fans, I mean – especially yeah. one in our control room uh, here on this show, has just been like, hey, we're going, oh, my God, we got Justin Fields. And essentially we just have not received that level of production to match that level of enthusiasm just yet, but it could be coming. Okay, time now for Scout Stories. And, guys, we want to hand out some awards oh, here yay. in the midseason. You, know, you got your top rookies coming out. We're going to get to some, some top rookies here. But let's start here with our – defensive rookie of the year. Bucky, who fits that mold for you? Oh, this has to be Michael Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Parsons has been very impressive as a do-it-all playmaker for the Cowboys at the second level, whether it's traditional linebacker, whether it's put your hand in the dirt, play defensive end and get after the passer, whether it's being a sideline-to-sideline player who sometimes takes on the tight end. He has been able to do a lot, and because of that, he has energized this defense, and the defense is playing better as a result. I just posted a play on, on Twitter this morning of just how twitchy and explosive he is as a rusher. He has range against the run. There's no other answer to me. I think it's got to be Michael Parsons. I'm with 
with you on that book. Guys, the, my guy is not going to take Micah Parsons. Uh, well, I should, but <laughs> since you've already uh, given us Micah Parsons, I, Nate Hobbs is not going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Good player, but he's something for the Raiders to feel good about yeah. uh, in, in a secondary that's had some busts uh, at draft picks. I mean, they, as Tom Pelissero telling us, they're going to release uh, the first 2020 first round pick. Uh, Damon Arnett is gone. And so, you know, Meek Robertson was inactive in this game for Vegas. I mean, they just they needed some wins at DB. And I think Nate Hobbs has given them something to feel good about, especially in that nickel role. Yeah, I like that. Good honorable mention there. But you yeah, would sure. you would take Parsons if you had. I yes. would 100 yes. percent take yes. Parsons. I'd probably take Greg Newsom uh, too, with the way he's been playing on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Browns. But let's get to the offensive rookie of the year. And DJ, this one seems like a slam dunk uh, for your LA mm-hmm. Chargers. Yeah, Rashawn Slater's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been a good rookie left tackle. He's been a great left tackle. Period. period. Yep. Like one of the top three or four already in the NFL. And just watch him last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. They can run behind him. He's got knockoff power in the pass game his anchor is instant I mean he just absorbs power and it is over so for a team that had been searching for a guy just like this for a decade they've got him here in Rashawn Slater guys I'm going to give you one in the same division although it came in the second round Javante Williams for the Denver Broncos he's your third leading rusher right now amongst rookies but he's only three yards out of second place and yep I uh, know he just broke another tackle DJ, <laughs> a couple of segments ago he has 36 missed tackles forced that is tied for first with Nick Chubb yeah. so again he is going to be one of the best running backs in football in a matter of time and he's been doing this in a backfield share situation with Melvin Gordon very impressed with Javante Williams I am very impressed with Javante Williams because he Where'd is you go a to school again? he's a Tar Heel okay. he's yes, a Tar Heel and we wear nice uniforms and he's done well but this is the running back that I'm excited about Najee Harris has really been the workhorse in this backfield it's not a coincidence that the Steelers have played better as his role has increased not only as a runner between the tackles but catching the ball on the perimeter he has been the best playmaker that they have in the backfield since Le'Veon Bell as a result they are beginning to play like the Steelers of old a bit more on Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up here in just a bit on Move the Sticks as we give you a little Monday Night Football preview, final game of Week 9, Steelers and the Bears. But let's now get to Defensive Player of the Year in general here at the midseason point. What do you got, Buck? Oh, I think this has to be Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is just – Even after this last week. Yeah, even after this last week because it's about it's about turnovers. It's about putting the ball in the paint. Look, I played a long time ago, and people used to say they don't worry about the ones that you give up. If you can produce enough, they go in the other way. He's That's produced true. enough That's that true. we know that he is going to be on the highlight. That's enough for him to get the trophy as it is. Don't worry about some of the bad moments. All about the good. Great to flashes. The best defensive player in the NFL is Miles Garrett. He's played the best. He's the best player. He's got the most production. Yep. Period, exclamation point, end of story. There's <laughs> no debate. This should 14. be a unanimous defensive player of the year. Five and 14. He's, I don't, he's not, it's not a team award. He's the best defensive <laughs> well, player in the NFL. Yeah. Period. I think you're right, and I think he will win it. He but you're not, but right let me now. guess, you're not going to pick him. Well, no, I'm not going to pick him because I want to give you some variety. Okay. And with that, I'm going to give you the best safety in football right now, and that's Kevin Byard. I alluded oh, to it okay. earlier this season. He's come up with some huge plays oh. for Tennessee. He's got five picks this year. You want to talk about turnover production, Kevin Byard is leading the way. And I'll just tell you this, Elijah Molden, after that win against the Colts, said Kevin Byard yes. was telling them what was going to happen in the secondary when they were playing the Colts as that game went on. He is that dialed in. He is that kind of preparation, and he's got the production to match it as well. What we got next? 
Keep it MVP, moving here. MVP, man. We got the MVP. Can I go first? Please. Yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, give me Tom Brady. Okay. Oh, that's Mr. Low-hanging yeah. fruit over here. Well, he's, he's having Tom an unbelievable Brady. season. You look at what he's done with the touchdown in the touchdown <laughs> department. Carrying this team, all the pressure, got to repeat. No problem. Tom Brady, I'll go with uh, I'll go with the GOAT here. Man, we're already giving out By the way, did you realize that, lifetime that Red did awards. not take Mac Jones for offensive rookie of the year? That just, oh, that just settled in, by the way. I am but surprised. I am surprised. Oh, then I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Talk about the quarterback on the best team in football. Kyler Murray up there. Terrific passer rating, 17 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Didn't play. They still were able to whoop the San Francisco 49ers, but that's not an indictment on Tyler Murray's role and contributions to the offense. It just says how good the Arizona Cardinals are. Okay, guys, you want another one? Oh, no. Oh, you got you want another one that's Here not going to win MVP? From obscurity. But should be? My man Cooper oh, okay. Cup. There we go. Oh, okay. Went over 1,000 yards already in this last game. Nine games. He's over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. He... And 1990 Jerry Rice are the only players to go for over 1,000 receiving yards and 10-plus touchdowns in their team's first nine games. I, I know what this is. Look, he's going to be off. He's going to be anyone who wants an year, MVP award in the future. They need to get on path to the draft to make sure they call in every week and talk to Rhett because Rhett wow. has a tendency wow. to lean towards wow. those guys because Cooper Cup was one of our guys, right? Well, I'm not giving it to Mason oh, Rudolph right Cup. now, okay? Cooper I'm Cup, giving, Cooper Cup. You tell me there's been a player more productive in football no, right saying, now than Cooper Cup. I'm saying, I'm Cup. saying no, I'm, I'm, I've, got, I've got nothing negative to say on this one. I can't. Coopers have an unbelievable. He's been year. terrific. And look, the offensive player of the year has more often not than not become the second place yeah. MVP yes. vote and that are the non like a, it's, it's the award the running backs allowed right to it's win. the non-quarterback yeah. MVP yeah. and that's Cooper Cup this year especially now that Derrick Henry is out uh, at least for the remainder of uh, the regular season so that so to summarize Rhett doesn't believe any of his picks but go ahead <laughs> well I mean you guys already had you guys took the loying and fruit I had to think uh, outside the box here a little bit uh, we do have one more game left here on Monday night it's the Steelers and the Bears you had Justin Fields in our midseason rookie report cards and well you know you gave him a C right yeah. so what do you want to see from him tonight against really big challenge in Pittsburgh's defense decisive uh, whatever decision you're going to make make it quickly get the ball out of your hands if you want to take off and run make that decision early in the down I think the longer the play extends the worse it gets for the Bears in this matchup Buck yeah, I think this is a tough matchup for Justin Fields because the Pittsburgh Steelers are beginning to look like the Steelers of old. Defense is playing well. And if I'm Justin Fields, one thing, keep an eye on number 90. Number 90 is always lurking. And when he lurks, he has a <laughs> tomahawk with him out. because the ball has a tendency to come out. So keep an eye on T.J. Watt. Guys, Khalil Herbert has been a really nice player for the Bears as a rookie this year. And he's had to be because David Montgomery's been hurt. Montgomery's back tonight, uh, activated off IR to play tonight, according to Ian Rappaport. How do they still find a role for Herbert and, you know, use what Montgomery's been so good at? Well, I think you can make this almost a 50-50 split. I I think he's done enough. Herbert's done enough to earn those touches. So uh, they want to shorten this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They want to take heat off your quarterback. There's enough carries to go around. No, certainly enough. And Herbert has been fantastic. But this is somewhere where someone on the defense for the Bears has to step up and make a play because the Steelers are beginning to play better on offense as well. Yep, that's right. Najee Harris uh, was Bucky Brooks's midseason offensive rookie of the year. See if he has a big performance tonight on Monday Night Football. Thanks so much for being with us here on Move the Sticks. We're back with you on Monday. Two more episodes this week of the podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.